<laughs> so welcome to the Rise of the Super Being podcast. I'm Vanderson Pires, your host, and today I have a very special guest, a nutritionist based in Wellington, Shelly Gelwith. Did I pronounce your name correctly? You, I'm always concerned about pronouncing the name of my guest properly. You pronounced it perfectly and you're the first one to get it perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for your time. So we're going we're gonna to talk about, I have lots of this week. So do you know what I did? I sent a text to all my students saying I'm going to interview a nutritionist based in Wellington. So, do you guys have any questions? I got bombarded with yes. lots of questions. <laughs> awesome. I love answering questions yeah. and um, helping people with what they need help with. And yeah, so I'm super excited. I'm super excited for all the questions as well. Uh, thank you so much. So, Shelly, let's start to talk a little bit about how did you got into nutrition and what the nutrition means to you? Um, so nutrition means to me my health mm. because pre being a nutritionist and being in nutrition, I was an investment banker. I went to university in Wellington. I worked for a chartered and accountancy firm here. And then I moved to Australia and started working for an investment bank. I worked really long hours and I also overtrained in terms of, I didn't know at the time, but I did marathons and triathlons and swimming and running and lots of different sports. Um, and so I was just pushing my body too hard for too long. And eventually in 2015, my body crashed, like literally just, I couldn't get up anymore. I couldn't walk to the bathroom by myself. Wow. I lost my cognitive function. Um, and the doctors that I was seeing in Australia told me that I was basically going to die. Mm. So my parents had to come over from New Zealand and come back and get me and bring me back home. And once again, all the doctors in New Zealand and specialists around the world also told my family that I was going to die. There was not a lot that could be done for me. And my system had just broken, for want of a better word. And so for... Uh, 12 to 14 months I would literally sleep all day and my parents would wake me up in the evenings to give me dinner mm. and we still didn't really know that much about nutrition or health we were relying on experts to help us um, and eventually a doctor said well you know why don't you try some traditional diets and for me like traditional foods basically and so my parents had nothing to you know they we didn't eat unhealthy as a family growing up but we didn't really eat how we do today mm -hmm. and so my mom was like well we've tried everything else we might as well give this a go so it was as simple as adding in fermented foods and bone broth and with that my mom would make them and with that I would now stay awake for two hours a day which is huge it doesn't sound like much but when you've slept all day um, and you haven't been able to string together a sentence or read a book or anything that's a big difference so at that point we realized that there was definitely something to food and diet and um I then said to my parents look nobody else has been able to get me better I'm gonna study and I'm gonna get myself better mm -hmm. and if I can use this experience to help one person it was worth these years of basically sleeping my life away 
And so that's what happened. I um, found an organization in America that I totally agreed with that did functional nutrition and it just made sense to my analytical brain being an accountant. Um, And I was like, I want to know that everything that we're doing, every food that I'm putting into my body or supplement or whatever it is, is helping me. And I'm going to learn how to reset my body basically from the ground up. And I was basically a human guinea pig because you couldn't get any sicker. Um, And so that's exactly what I did piece by piece. I just pieced together each system in my body and got it better. And as I was learning, I was applying it to myself. And then I never set out to have a business. I never thought I'd turn it into anything else. Mm -hmm. But my one thing while I was so sick was if I can just use this to help one person, it was all worth it. And so I helped that one person. And then that one person was like, actually, somebody, my friend down the road needs some help too. (laughs) Um, And so I never went back to investment banking. And now I get so much joy and I feel so lucky and blessed that what I can use, a very awful experience for me and my family to bless and help so many other people. So they never get told that they're just going to die and there is no hope. Mm-hmm. Wow. So how old was you when this whole happened? Um, I was, when this first happened, 27. 20, mm. 26, 27. Pretty young. And that was the scary part. Like, I thought basically that my body was invincible. I didn't, I was young. I didn't know anyone else. You know, I knew older people that got cancer and, you know, that somehow that just seemed to happen to you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't think at my age that there would be a problem with my health or that I'd be fighting for my life. Basically, I loved my job. I loved my career. I thought I was going to get married and have children. Mm -hmm. Um, The life plan was not to get sick and basically sleep a few years of my life away. Wow. Intense, huh? Very. Mm. Mm. So, Shelly, it's nutrition. And nutrition seems it's, we all very passionate about it. You know, some people are a little bit even extra passionate. So, we, we, have, we have the vegans, we have the, the vegetarians. Now, we have the people, the carnival diet, you know, just eating meat. <laughs> so, first, before we get into those things, what do you think we drive this passion about the food you know this this it's a it's a little try of becoming mortal or <laughs> what's what what's your opinion about it I think there's a few things driving it is people want community and connection. So if you identify as a vegan or you identify as a carnivore, you've got a group, you've got a community, you've got a lifestyle, you've got people passionate and you've got things in common. Mm-hmm. So I think that definitely like People want that. People want to be connected. Um, And so I think on one level that drives it. Um, And then on another level, everyone, and I see this in clinic all the time, we've all got a Susie or somebody down the road that's had this amazing transformational experience with diet Mm -hmm. and their health. And now they think everyone should do that. So we've got these passionate people that maybe went vegan or they went Um, paleo or whatever it was and because they've had such an amazing experience which is awesome they want to share it with other people and they want all their friends and family to be as healthy as them so I think it really comes from good intentions um, but that's not how our bodies are that's not so one if one size fits all we'd all be in amazing health and we wouldn't have chronic disease Um, And so I do just think that people have amazing experiences with a certain way of eating and then they want to convert everyone else just out of passion and love and care. And it's, it's the community aspect as well. 
I also think that it's because there's more information available online than ever. Yet when I do a lot of my corporate work, the biggest question I get asked is, but what do I eat? Just tell me (laughs) what to eat. Like I'm more confused than ever. So I think the confusion's driving people to need to read more, which then gets them buried down rabbit holes of more confusion and overwhelm. And so then they either listen like and just apply everything that they learn based on one diet or they do nothing. Mm-hmm. And it just becomes too hard mm-hmm. for a lot of people as well. So yeah, so I think it's community and just kind of people being zealous about the way that they're eating and the trends. I think also we've got an awareness now as a society that what goes into our mouth does impact our physical ability, does impact our symptoms, does impact our longevity. And I think we're also seeing, well, we not, like I don't think it, we're seeing a rise in chronic disease, which is leading more people to go back to what's going into their mouth and going, okay, why are some people getting really sick and others aren't? Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, I love that. And that's that's really, and this link for one of the questions of my students, um, his name is Sean. So he talks, he asked exactly that. He said, with this amount of information we have now, um, what's what's, What's your advice? What's gonna be the, the you know the the accurate thing we should do, trust and and, and and follow? Couple of things is when it's from nature, when food is from nature, so whether that means that you want to be all plant based like vegetables and fruit or you want animals too, when it's from nature and humans haven't interfered with it in any way, it is healthy. There is no good and bad food when it's from nature, right? Mm -hmm. As soon as humans start interfering with it, that's when we get bad food, right? There is, as long as it's from nature and we haven't done anything, that's a good place to start, Mm -hmm. number one. And then the second thing is, as long as your body is not being inflamed by it. And when I say inflammation, the word can be confusing. And what inflammation means to me and people coming into clinic is, as long as you don't have any symptoms in your body. So symptoms can be gas, bloating, headaches, tiredness, weight gain, the list goes on. Like any symptom that you've got in your body is because of the diet you're having. Mm. So if you feel absolutely amazing, your hormones are in balance, you wake up with energy, you sleep really great, you've got great mental clarity, um, you've got all, you can exercise, you recover well, you know that your diet is right for you. Mm-hmm. If you've got any other symptoms, any symptom, it's causing you inflammation. So there's something that you're eating that isn't right for your body. So that's when it's not good or bad, it's just inflaming you right now. Mm-hmm. And so it's not the right diet for you. Uh, that's that's awesome. So Shelly, um, I I remember having this conversation f- long time ago with someone. I'm, I'm not sure if it's true. Okay, I'm just see yeah. if, if you have any information about this. But um, we were talking about this. So someone did a, did a research in New Zealand to see what was the 10 most selling products in supermarkets. And by the least, so of course, came it's shocking. So the first thing was shocking. It's the only real food on that 10 items was banana, one. Wow. And the first three most selling products in supermarkets in New Zealand, they said, was a fizzy drink. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is, um, 
what what do you think would be essential for someone? Because there's another thing when I talk to people about nutrition, they said, ah, but I, you know, I don't know what to buy. So I go to the supermarket, I don't know what to buy. Because I think if we be minimalistic as well, if you go and buy just a certain amount of foods and certain types of food, we're going to limit ourselves just to, to that. You know? So what would be maybe, I don't know, 10 items you would suggest for someone to, to, to be healthy. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Water is number one, without a doubt, whether you're buying it or you're drinking it at home. And I think the reason why fizzy would be number one is it's cheaper in every single supermarket ah, so and dairy true. than buying water. So I remember doing the Kaitoki walk last year and I forgot my water bottle and I went into a dairy near there a, it was hard to even find water in the fridges. Like I was really searching for it and it was the most expensive item in the fridge. So there wasn't a huge incentive to buy it. Obviously I was going to no matter what, but for others, why would you? So definitely water. Then the other thing is you always want to shop around the supermarket, around the outside. So around the edges is actually where you get all the good stuff. I love that. So yeah. if you don't go in the middle sections, you're not going to get tempted with the processed food and the junk food. So that's kind of, if you go around the outside, it's a good rule. Uh -huh. um, and then... Top 10, so definitely your fruit and vegetables. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, you could probably get 10 right there. So I'm going to stretch yes, the yeah. list. <laughs> um, but I would encourage people, and like I get families involved in this with young children, get them to pick different colors. So every time you go to the supermarket and you're going in the fruit and vegetable section, turn it into a family game. So how many colors can you fill up in your supermarket trolley or your basket in that area to make sure that you're always getting, because we need to eat the colors of the rainbow. Mm -hmm. We should ideally be a minimum, be getting in for adults six to eight cups of vegetables per day. Most people that I see in clinic are not getting in that nearly enough. Mm -hmm. So that would be my number one, which kind of we could take, you know, a few of those top 10. Yes. <laughs> um, then my next thing, if you're eating, well, no matter what, whatever you pick, a protein source. So whether that's meat products or not, if you don't eat, if you're vegan or vegetarian, um, but you do want proteins. Mm -hmm. So that would be, that could be maybe another three items on you, you know, yes. so whatever. And yeah, you yeah. want to make um, where the, the meat animal products or your beans or chickpeas or whatever it is, you do want a range of different protein sources mm -hmm. so that you're getting different minerals and vitamins. And then the next key thing is to get really good healthy fats. Mm -hmm. So that might be your walnuts, your macadamia nuts, like they're fantastic sources, mm -hmm. um, your coconut products, or maybe different oils. So avocado oil or a good olive oil or fresh olives. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for those things, that as long as you've got your fruit and veggies on your plate, your protein source and a good fat, those are kind of your top 10 um, when you go to the supermarket. And I kind of took liberties with the top no, 10. No that's, that, no, that's really good. I love it. I love it. And I love what to say about, you know, going to the to the sides. As well. <laughs> it's as soon as you get in the middle sections, you get tempted with stuff that isn't filled with nutrition. And you're either eating for health or you're not. Mm -hmm. And these days with our bodies and the environment and pollution and toxins and everything else, we actually need to be really proactive with our health because if we're doing nothing, we're trending towards disease. That is the reality. So 
of course, you know, you might want your treats from time to time, but you do want to be doing most of your shopping from the outskirts. That's super cool. Yeah, the first time I heard that, I love it. So, so Shelly, one, one thing I think it's kind of... Um, Everyone agrees it's with the, you know, the, the evil of all. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we, you know, you explained really well about the, the, the good ones, right? But now the evil, you know, what you avoid at any cost, you know. So, um, based on, you know, my research and things I, I've, I've been reading. So, one thing pretty much everyone agree, and I would like to know if you know your opinion about this, high fructose corn syrup. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And trans fats. <laughs> Absolutely. Those two most evil things, right? <laughs> Definitely. Um, and do we even know what trans fats are? Yes. Okay, good. Cool. Yes, please. Can you? Yeah, this, this is going to be my next question. Okay. Well, a couple of things just to expand on the trans fats. Yes, trans. Um, so trans fats, an example would be um, putting it on the spot canola oil. Yeah, yeah. So that's, and so when you read that, and that's the other thing is even if you're shopping at more Wilson's or Common Sense Organics or New World, well, countdown pack and save a lot of like say for example pesto like made pesto on the refrigerator section will have canola oil in it mm. so it's something to look for um obviously a lot of people know like such like your unhealthy fats in terms of at the fish and chip shop or at ksc they recognize that but another thing that my clients don't know and just that most people in the public don't know is that fats oils are light sensitive so when you're in the soup so we know that often you know junk food's bad but all oil that's sitting in plastic and sitting in clear containers whether that's clear glass or clear plastic the oil's already gone off so it is rancid so wow, if you that's think shocking. Mm. if you think of your smoothie or something that you've left on the bench for 24 hours or 48 hours or your wheat bix bowl or whatever it is that's what's happening with that fat in your gut so you're rinse like you're basically poisoning yourself by buying that on the supermarket shelf. So it's, and it makes me so mad mm. because it's in the supermarket. So we think that it's okay, but it's, it's rancid oil. So it's going to putrefy in your gut and it's going to cause problems. So I think a lot of people know not to eat KFC or those types of trends, but, but people don't know that you're actually falling for it in the supermarket as well. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's shocking. Yeah. And, and how about the high fruit? fructose corn syrup examples of that pretty much everything yeah so that turns up um well, a couple of things a it's the like sh corn the sugar that's the problem mm. um but it's also often got gmos in, in it as well so you've got the sprays you've got the chemicals you've got the genetically modified corn in the first place mm. so it's really um spiking your um like sugar levels in your body. So it's creating a whole cortisol impact and a stress impact on your body, mm -hmm. um, which spikes means that you produce more insulin, which is what is um, associated with diabetes is high insulin in your body, basically. So it has that, it turns into chronic disease, basically in your body, um, but it also inflames your body. So you never, when you've got, when you're sick or during winter, during the, like you've got a flu, you don't actually want to eat sugar because it suppresses your immune system. So if you think of white sugar as potentially being bad, high corn fructose syrup is like sugar on speed. And it just hits your body straight away and you're going to suppress your immune system for five to six hours. So wow. if you're sick and you start having your sugary drinks or you're eating candy, um, any of those things, or it can even turn up in 
like just the list biscuit like all sorts of different things and your fizzy drinks and stuff that is totally depleting your body well you're gonna shut your immune system for five to six hours yeah please tell more talk more about that because that's super interesting yeah um well Basically, when like sugar causes inflammation, mm. especially high like the um, the problem with high corn fructose syrup is it's a liquid, so it basically is like putting a shot of cocaine basically straight into your blood system. So it's hitting really fast because your body doesn't even need to process it and it doesn't recognize it because it's a foreign foreign substance. Mm -hmm. um, but whenever you have sugar, um, it means that your adrenals and your immune system you pump out more cortisol. And when, so when your body's inflamed, you need cortisol to bring down inflammation in your body. So cortisol is a hormone that your adrenals, your adrenal glands produce. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you'll have got a weak immune systems, when you're sick, you want to use cortisol to bring down your inflammation, right? Because you want to get better as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. But if you're using if you're having the sugars or the high corn, high corn fructose syrup, you're now creating inflammation. So you're just going around and around and around on this inflammatory cycle rather than stopping it and helping your body get better. And the cycle in your body um, of that, like that, how long it takes medically and it's been proven is five to six hours. So, um, and most people are eating probably sugary things when they're sick just constantly mm. to try and get energy or to try and get better so they're just keeping that actually hindering their body's natural process to anti-inflame and get better and let the immune system work quick and get them better wow what a powerful information to know yeah that's super interesting i know and it's yeah. i think that's what um makes me so passionate is it's Simple things that we just don't know. And when we get educated, you can make different decisions. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean, well, high corn fructose syrup, I'm never going to be a fan of. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't have things that you want in your life. But you do just want to be educated and empowered and know that maybe when you're sick, having the sugary drinks or the sugary lollies isn't going to be the best thing. Mm -hmm. I'm never an advocate of them personally, mm -hmm. but you know, you, yeah. <laughs> everyone, my thing for people and my clients is once you're educated and empowered, you make an informed decision and you get to live the life that you want and you get to have the health that you want. Mm. But at least you've got the education. So you know that if you eat that, you know what it's doing in your body. Wow, I love that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. So this, in this link of one of the questions of one of my students, the Samira, so she asked, uh, um, what's the best food or the best way to reduce uh, abdominal inflammation? There's, there's such a thing about uh, um, inflammation in just one specific area, or it's, or it's, the, whole, or it's the whole body? Well, um, everybody... Um, shows it in different organs or systems or different places, right? So clients might come in with fingers that they can't really move. So that might be their area that it shows up. There'll be inflammation in their whole body, but we've often got weaker organs or weaker joints or weaker systems. Another person might have injured their ankle for years. And so that's where they show, where they show it. So it's not necessarily just because of that one area states the abdomen as your students asked mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that it's because she eats tomatoes does that make sense but mm -hmm. so it's not 
um, because it shows up in a certain organ or certain joint or muscle that it's something specific. It's more that that's their weak organ. So I always say to clients, we probably, especially if we've gotten really unwell, like me, for example, my weak organ is my thyroid. So I am forever getting my thyroid, even though I live a healthy life and I eat well and I do all these healthy things, I still check in on my thyroid with blood tests regularly because I know that if I am unwell, that's going to be the organ for me. It's not going to be the organ for every single client. Another client came in this week and she was like, my fingers are sore again. And I was like, okay, well, what have you been eating? What has changed? So we might, every single client and every single person will have a different, it might be a hip bone. It might be something that they injured, you know, in their first five years of life. So we often all have different um organs or systems that's talking that our body talks to us and I like to see it as a gift because it's our way of our body saying hey you're pushing yourself too hard or hey you haven't you're not taking care of your diet or what's changed like what is out of balance in your life do you need to meditate more do you need to go to sleep earlier like what is out of balance so I see it as a gift to us Mm -hmm. because it's your body's way of saying hey I want the best for you I want to keep you on track But when it comes to your particular student, abdomen um, inflammation, whether, I don't know, in her case, if it's weight gain or what she's seeing. But from my point of view as a practitioner, when clients come in, they'll come in with symptoms, but often male and female also want weight loss now. So my job as the practitioner, when I see um, weight around the torso, around the belly area, I'm going, is it food inflammation? Is it hormones or is it a stress belly? because I've got to work out what it is as fast as possible Mm. to get them the health result. So those, when it's in the kind of this area, those are the three things that I'd be thinking about for your student. But then in terms of just specific um, organs or joints or bones or whatever, it will just be her body showing it in that area. Wow, I love that. Yeah, I love what you said about it. Yeah, you said lots of good things. (laughs) About the the weak organ, you know, so we we all gonna have something. It's gonna respond quickly to. Yeah. Ah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's. And so cool. I see it. Clients get frustrated with it initially as they're getting better, but it is a gift because mm. it means that that's your one that responds fast. So you get a choice at that point. You get to do a U turn if you want to. Or you can ignore it and keep doing what you're doing. But if you keep doing what you're doing, it's probably going to get you to, in my case, back to, you know, collapsed in bed, not being able to do anything. Wow, that's super cool. I love that. And this link to one of the, another question from Cameron. So he asked, uh, what, what do you recommend uh, for someone who's, um, who wants to start a regime and with a supplements? Oh, Okay. Great question. Um, um, like quality of food, quality of supplements matters. Mm-hmm. So it's exactly the same. You're putting it into your body, but you're putting it in a concentrated form. So your quality of it matters even more. So you want to check what the base agent is of a supplement and you want it to be good quality ingredients. You actually want to know all the ingredients in your supplements. So you don't want to buy packaged food in the supermarket with numbers and chemicals. You also don't want to buy synthetic supplements. You don't want to buy, you want to look at what the, um, what it's capsules made of, what the sourcing agent of it is, the carrier, what the um, vitamins being 
like made with Mm -hmm. and how it's being made is really important. The other thing is coming back from being an accountant, I love evidence-based. Nobody wants to take supplements just for the sake of supplements you because that's dangerous. Um, you want to take, because our body's always trying to come into balance. So if you put an outside source in, say, for example, you've read on the internet that magnesium helps you sleep. Well, all minerals in our bodies are synergistic and antagonistic. So they work like a seesaw. So if you put a whole bunch of magnesium in, you're going to drive down calcium. So now you've got a calcium problem. So you actually want to make sure when you're do, using supplements that your that your body needs them because if it doesn't need them, you're going to get expensive pee, but you will put <laughs> other things out of balance and you'll do it quite fast because it's a concentrated version mm. of key nutrients that your body either needs or doesn't need. Okay, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> so I take supplements uh, um, because, you know, there's a lot of things in the soil that we don't have anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, when I traveled lots and spoke in the States, my body needed to detoxify. I'm not always, you know, wasn't always able to eat the best. So I need help like with stomach digestion. Um, but you want to make sure that like whether you're doing blood tests or functional testing or whatever it is, that you actually need them and your body's going to use it. Mm, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Do you have any recommendation for... By, by the way, do you have any... What's your favorite brand for supplements? What do you take? Oh, so, well, I get practitioner ranges, obviously. Yeah, the good, course. the benefits, the perks of the jobs. So we've of got to have course, some. Yes. So I actually, and I obviously um, looked into this lots, but I take ones that I import from America because they are the best in the world that we're seeing practitioner-wise. So the doctor's ranges where the doctors have formulated them. Um, and you're just going to get, like, I would never go to, like, Health 2000 and pick up a multi-mineral because a multi-mineral doesn't have kind of, it's like anything, it's just generic. You're not getting any of the amounts of things that you actually need to help your body. So when people are like, oh, supplements don't work, I'm like, yeah, of course they don't. When you're taking that low level Mm. of anything and you don't even know why you're taking it. Um, And so, yeah, so I use Apex Energetics, which people can read about, or Biotics. Those are my two favorite ones. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, you can check it it out and make sure that I've done my due diligence. (laughs) And then I'll use other things because I obviously in clinics see clients and me personally I had like a huge heavy metal load and I had a mold load so I need like very specific once again the doctor's ranges um, that were formulated by people in the industry that really know what they're doing to help bind those toxins out of my body and for clients bodies Mm, that's awesome Um, do you have any specific uh, so that was uh, Marianne question Um, do you have any specific supplement for joints or food for joints? Um, so joint joints. pain, mm. or do you mean just joint health? Uh, joint pain. Yeah, joint she was pain. complaining about because she just started jiu-jitsu, and especially her hands was hurting quite a lot. Joint pain is obvious, op- often food inflammation, so it's mm-hmm. often actually foods that are causing the problem. But if it's not food inflammation, and it's just because now she's overusing them or just mm-hmm. started using them, um, approach like collagen 
is the number one that's going to help bring down the joint inflammation and also help her recover. Plus, it helps with leaky gut. And plus, if it's a woman, Marianne, I think her name is, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. we stop producing collagen. So it's natural Botox. So I'm all about if you can stack <laughs> yeah, the health yeah. benefits and you're going to do anything so you'll, it will help your joints, but you'll also get this glowing face. So why yeah. not? But that would be number one. And once again, um, you just want the most plainest, just literally collagen, like no other additives to it. Mm. And that's going to be the best for you. But that would really help with her recovery. That's awesome. That's super cool. Um, so another question from Bobby. He asked uh, if you have uh, any recommendations for the people who is following a vegetarian diet. Um, do you mean recommendations? Yeah, for, in, for supplements or, or anything like that. Do you think a vegetarian should take supplements? Um, yeah, okay, so what I see in clinic, and I know what a vegetarian and a vegan diet means, I get that, mm. but everyone's definition of that is slightly different. Does that make sense? So yes, I, yeah, I do yeah. know what it means because clients look at me like, well, don't you know the difference? And I'm like, yes. And then they'll be like, oh, but I do eat this. So um, I'm not sure of the specifics, but mm. one thing that vegans, and depending on what the vegetarian composition of the diet is, is B12 is really common to be deficient in. Mm -hmm. So if that, and you mainly get B12 from organ meat, a little bit from eggs. So some of my clients that are vegetarian won't eat eggs, they'll eat other dairy products. Um, you get it from some of your beans and lentils, but that would be a key one that I do see a real deficiency in amongst my vegetarian and vegan diets. Mm -hmm. I mean, clients that eat of those diets so that's a concern i would just get a blood test which you can get from your doctor to check that that is true for you and i would just monitor it if you're not eating those foods absolutely um and because it's essential for your brain health for energy just a lot of good things in your body um then for what i see with my vegetarian and vegan clients and this is just anecdotal what i see in clinic is they can often ha um be really inflamed with bloating because they're not digesting their food properly so that's just one thing. So they're not getting a lot of the nutrients from the food that they're eating. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing, though, is they still want to be eating proteins, like your vegan vegetarian proteins. Once again, though, um, if you want to eat vegan bacon, but it's filled with chemicals, it's probably not going to be that great for mm, you. Good point. Well, if you know what I mean. Mm. So go for the whole food versions of these things. So your chickpeas, your beans, your lentils, they are not filled with chemicals, right? Mm -hmm. So you're, or quinoa, you're still getting really good protein from them, but you're not getting all the chemicals because there is the problem that when you go vegan or vegetarian, once again, it's trend, it can be on trend. Um, so that you're always going to be the um, food manufacturers are always going to be creating products based on demand and supply. So if there's demand for it, they're going to create vegetarian bacon. That doesn't mean that it's healthy for your body when it's filled with chemicals. Mm -hmm. So I'd be mindful of that. And then the other thing is you still want to be eating proteins. You still want to be eating like the bulk of your diet to be your fiber, your fruit and vegetables. Um, and then still non-animal, obviously, fats. So you still want your good quality oils, your nuts and your seeds, and you want to build your plate to make sure that at each meal you've got all of those three Three macronutrients. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, Edward, he asked, uh, what's your opinion about um, all those diets, carnival diet, those ancestral diets, kind of paleo diet and pagan diet and now, yeah, all, all of that. What's, what's, your, what's your take on those? So I don't really have an opinion 
believe it or not, I'm very mm. opinionated on many things. Um, <laughs> more what I would say is build your plate, build your meal around protein. And then, so your protein source, whether that's carnivore, whether that's vegan, whether it's paleo, whatever it is, fill up the rest of your plate with your fruit and veggies. And then you need your good quality fat source. But in saying that, carnivore, I do have an opinion on, because where are you getting all, like animal products, like meats, don't have all the minerals and vitamins that your plants have. Our poo health, which I am super passionate about because I talk about it every single hour, <laughs> um, your poo is made up of water, fiber, which is your fruit and vegetables, and toxins. So if you're not eating fiber, how are you pulling out the toxins in your body? Mm. And then the other thing to think about with these diets is men and women have different nutritional needs so we need different things so you can do things for a certain amount of time you might like it and even me like I can eat a certain way and then my body needs to adjust so for example and I always try different things and I'm open to interpret and open to different things I eat mainly plant-based with animal products mm -hmm. and with um, oils but predominantly, a lot of my meals have got a lot of vegetables in them to try and get at least eight cups of veggies a day. And I've got kind of a small stomach, so I have to eat a lot of vegetables. Mm -hmm. But I did cut out just to see for me personally, and this is just anecdotal, um, like eating any animal products for a while. I was never going to do it long term because I knew it wasn't going to suit my body. But doing anything for a short amount of time is never going to be detrimental to our health unless it's chemical, you know, like as long as it's from nature, you're fine. And I lost my period. Wow. For me personally, I've always had my period every single month, even when I was really sick and bad. The one thing that I always did always have was um, a period. Pre getting sick, when I was in my investment banking days, I did have endometriosis and a whole bunch of other problems. Mm -hmm. But since getting sick, I have always had my period every single month, pain-free, no symptoms. Um, but when I did go vegan, I guess, um, I didn't get a period. So that was anecdotal for me. Mm -hmm. I see it in clinic all the time with other people. So we're all different. Not every single woman giving up animal fats is now not going to get a period. So it's very much use the information, use the diets for the great recipes, use the diets for the community, for the support, and maybe make it the base of how you want to eat, get your inspiration from it. But then you've got to go back to your own body. Mm -hmm. And like I said at the beginning with you, there is no one diet for everyone. Yeah. So I'm not down on vegan. I'm not saying that I'm not now, even since doing that experiment, I'm still more plant-based, mm -hmm. but I do have animal products. And as soon as I brought the animal products back in, I got my period back again. So for me, it didn't work, but I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, it's bad for everyone because it's not because we're all different. And so as long as you're not getting symptoms from the way you're eating, and to be honest, I didn't get any symptoms from cutting out the animal products. It wasn't until I was like, hey, I've now skipped a few periods. Like one period I was like, okay, maybe it was stress. But I was like, what is the common denominator here as soon as I added the animal products back? So as long as you're not getting symptoms from the way that you're eating, there is no good or bad. But if you're only eating meat, you're missing out on a wide range of other vitamins and minerals that you do need. And if you intermittent fast and miss a lot of meals, also nothing wrong with that, but it's hard to get in your six to eight cups of fiber a day. So it's just things to be mindful of. And you can also do things seasonally. 
as well because there's you know like our bodies naturally follow seasons so you can eat like that as well where you might you know do more plant-based for a few weeks or a few months or whatever it is for you and change because we do need variety our bodies do need variety and especially as women because hormones are involved as we go through different stages of our lives whether it's you know getting our period for the first time or being pregnant or going through menopause our bodies do need different minerals and vitamins as well mm-hmm. and that's awesome and you link from the next question from a few guys sean and even i have this question as well fasting what's your what's your opinion about fasting and um, because normally has few types of fasting so that has this two days straight fast or the 16 8 or 24 20 hours fasting four hours eating what's your opinion about fasting well fasting in general males do much better with than females mm. it goes back to those annoying things like hormones for us mm-hmm. um so it's funny that more guys have asked about it a lot of people do really well with fasting because without them even realizing they're often eliminating a whole pile of foods that cause inflammation Mm-hmm. So it's just the way that they we read on the internet, the foods and stuff that we're eating. Um, so that helps. So that's a real benefit. A lot of people start getting hydrated. So it's a huge benefit. So there's often other things that people are doing without consciously making those decisions because now they're fasting. Um, and then in terms of... Um, If your adrenals are really good, so you've got really good energy, you don't need coffee for energy, you're not looking for sugar for pick-me-ups during the day, fasting is fantastic. But if your body is depleted in any way, now you're causing another stress source. So I believe in fasting and I've done it a lot. But as soon as lockdown happened, I stopped fasting because there was a huge stress on my body with having my own business, with dealing with clients, with dealing with other stresses that I couldn't control. So I was like, I'm not going to fast anymore because it's too stressful on my body. So I will come in and out of fasting, depending on what my body needs, depending on what sports I'm doing and stuff. Um, And then how our body naturally works is despite my generation being kind of the gym generation where we got taught that you eat little and often, I always go back to the physiological, like physiological, physiological, physiological of our bodies sorry yeah. <laughs> um, i couldn't just get that one out today and so our bodies from when we eat to when we poo is mm. 17 to 24 hours that's true but how our body should be between meals like the beginning part if you think of a front load of washing machine right nobody ever like opens the door mid-cycle that first part of our digestive system takes five to six hours so when clients come into clinic i'm kind of getting them mini fasting straight away because i'm like no no no. we've got to get you full for five to six hours between your meals so that to some degree is fasting how you do that i'm not that worried about and obviously you want enough time a few hours before going to bed anyway whether you're fasting or not of not eating because it's just good health and your body needs to digest Mm -hmm. before you go to sleep um so i and then once you've got that so your body can last those five to six hours by all means extend it or by all means limit it more um and like taking a few days off not eating is really beneficial it's kind of like a spring clean for your cells um it flushes out all the toxins but you do want to work your way up to it others you're going to feel pretty miserable and you do want to be well supported in terms of your adrenals not getting stressed out to do it Mm, i love it and 
Yeah, I'm exactly happens exactly the same the same as you. During the lockdown, I've been fasting for a long time, but during the lockdown, yeah, because of the amount of stress, I yeah, I didn't fast yeah. as much as yeah. <laughs> now I'm back to the fasting. It's so good, but yeah, uh, so interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. just that stress, and it's something to be mindful of. And that's the thing with diet and nutrition, is we've got to pivot. We've got to be agile with it. We've got stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Life gets stressful. Things come up, and the way we're eating is no longer serving us. So we need to change with it, so that our bodies don't get stressed and they get the nutrition that they need. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, Shelley. I have so many more questions, but uh, you know, th- I know you're super busy, and I'm so grateful for you to make you know to make the time to come here. So. Now we have, a, let's go to the end of the, the, the podcast, is the embrace the chaos when I'm going to make some philosophical questions, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? Yeah. <laughs> so Shelly, what's, um, if you could go back to your 15 years old and give advice to yourself, if advice you would give? Oh, that's a good one. Um, it would definitely be slow down, mm. not be in a hurry. Um, you don't have to achieve everything today and have fun. Because when you're having fun, you're not in a hurry. You're being mindful. You're being present. You're not trying to get on to the next thing. You're not rushing about your life. You're actually just living and you're making the most of the now. You're not worried about the future and you're not beating yourself up for the past. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely slow down and have fun. Laugh. That's why we're here. Um, And in that spirit, you love people. You can be gracious to people. You treat them well and you treat yourself well. I love it. That's really powerful. <laughs> Three most influential books. Without a doubt, Brené Brown, um, Daring Greatly. She, I read that when I was sick and it totally changed my life um, in terms of it taught me about being vulnerable, about being showing up, about being confident in my own self. Um, so she was life-changing I would say for me um Esther Perez is somebody that I absolutely love in terms of she's a I don't know if you know a relationship Mm -hmm. psychologist yeah um based in the states and I just think Mm -hmm. she's just a thought leader in what she does um and Mark Hyman would be the other one and his his book I've totally forgotten uh, the name of it right now but he's a functional doctor that I really look up to and I think his work is amazing he's the guy for the the pig and diet yeah yeah the pig and diet yeah, yeah I, I follow him as well yeah, yeah I think he's, yeah. yeah so yeah I do think he's really um ahead of his times oh and can I have a fourth yeah of course Joe please. all of Joe's dispenser stuff Ah, uh, yes, I, I have the breaking the habit yeah. of being yourself. Yeah. I have that. It's very powerful. Yeah. And I love this book. Yeah, Me too. I have this. <laughs> yeah, I have them all in clinic because I love books so much. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Shelly, there any question I, I, I didn't ask you and I should... Oh, is it? Sorry, I thought you were sorry. That was me. <laughs> I was like, I was waiting for it. I was like, oh, what's he going to ask me? <laughs> Not that I can think of. We cover lots of things. Yeah. There, there anything you'd like me to ask you and I didn't? That's a great question. Well, basically, I'm really passionate, so I could just talk forever, and I would happily come back. So if there's can any, we do another one? I would please. absolutely, because yeah. I feel like when you ask me that, I'm like there are so many questions. So I'd put it out to your audience and say, okay, we gave you a lot. But what do you want more of and what can I answer more of? So I would happily talk more. 
Ah, ok, sounds good. Não, yeah, yeah, you're you must, it's a guess, we must bring it back. So, please, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep checking the next time you have a free time. Absolutely. We're gonna, we're gonna do the second, the second part of part this podcast. Yes. Yeah, I'm all for it. <laughs> That's so awesome. So, the, the, last question, the last question. So, Shelly, what, what's life? What's life is about? Oh, this is a great philosophical question. Um, giving. So not at the expense of ourselves. I don't think, I think in the past that I pushed myself. Um, I probably didn't love myself to be able to love others. But I think when you come from that heart of generosity and that heart of giving, it, it lifts up society. It lifts up us as individuals too. Um, and we benefit so much from it. So I do think, I don't think we're here to serve at the expense of ourselves um, but I do think that when we're generous of spirit of mind of our resources of our tables sharing food whatever it is that's when we build community that's when we have connection which is what people are wanting mm. and that's when we can share ideas and share knowledge and we can all grow as a society I don't think there's a right or a wrong I think it's really healthy to have robust conversations um, around all sorts of different things so I would say that life is about giving Because through that, you're in relationship, you're in community, you're connected to others, you're connected to nature. We are looking after nature, we're looking after the planet, and we're looking after each other. I love that. That's awesome. So, Shelly, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And again, yeah, please give give all the, all the information. I, of course, I'm going to link all, you know, your website and everything. But for the people who are listening, because our podcasts go on YouTube and go on Spotify and everywhere. So for the ones that are listening, how they can they can find more about you? So I love Instagram because I love sharing information. I love educating. I love empowering. So And it's quick and easy. Like, I'm uh -huh. all about that. Like, if, I, if I'm in the supermarket and I see a label, I'm going to share about it on Instagram. Um, so that's Shelly Galwith is really easy. I'm not that original. It's all my name. So it's uh -huh. Shelly Galwith Functional Nutrition on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. I do a free fortnightly newsletter, video newsletter for clients that anyone can sign up to on my website just to get empowered and educated. And that always, I know people are busy. So they're quick tips that you can apply to your life and get benefits from. Um, and then I'm on LinkedIn. As basically all like platforms. Yeah. Um, and then I have a physical clinic in Wellington, down in Lambton Key on this, in the CBD. That's awesome. That's awesome. So again, thank you so much and keep, keep doing what you're doing because it's amazing. Thank, thank you, you Shelly. Thank you for having me. It's been a <laughs> pleasure. I'm so excited. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That was awesome. Was it good? It was really good.